Welcome to the Homegrown Remix Podcast. We will be tackling the tough questions that meet in your face. Throughout the year, four students will dissect, discuss, and comment on each week's topic. And now, please welcome our host and president of Crossroads Farm, Doug Rutledge. Hi, this is Doug, and we're here with the Homegrown Podcast Remix. This is a podcast where our student leaders get a chance to talk through the events of the night at Crossroads Farm, and it's always a lot of fun. Uh, so I'll give our people a chance to introduce themselves and tell you who's sitting around the table. Um, I'm Kyle Rodesiler. I'm a high school student at Quincy Community Schools. Uh, I'm Brian Bloom. I'm a senior at Quincy. Uh, I'm Lauren Dewey, and I'm a junior at Reading. I'm Ashley Kinsley, and I'm a senior from Pittsburgh. Hi, I'm John Bernie, and I'm a pastor and motivational speaker slash strongman. Okay, so uh, first of all, let's start with the basic question. What did John do that impressed you the most tonight? For me, he like how he held his wife by his head. I was literally just like jaw drops. Is that your neck? Is that your brain? I don't know what's going on. Like I was like, what are you holding her by? I, like I was so it was amazing. Mine was everything. It was all crazy to me. <laughs> My mouth was open the whole time. I thought it was pretty amazing how easy you ripped through those uh, phone books. Like, yeah. I wouldn't even, I don't, I don't even know if I could even attempt to do that. Um, probably when he uh, got the bowling ball dropped on him, that was pretty crazy. <laughs> that was crazy. Yeah. So um, most of you, if you would like to see this, it's on our Facebook live feed and that'll be up there forever and ever. So you can always watch and see what John did. Um, John, let me start by asking this question. What's physically the most difficult? And then what's physically, um, surprisingly, not as difficult as it looks? Those are my, that's my first question. Then we'll just turn it loose to you guys. Okay, the hardest thing would definitely be the neck lift or the harness lift from my head where I'm holding my wife and the crosses. Because, again, it does cut off blood flow to the brain. Um, the lactic acid threshold is super, super high. And your back to support that kind of weight at a weird angle is totally arched backwards. So it hurts more in your lower back and as you start to lose a little bit of consciousness. So that's definitely the hardest. And then the drill bit break is actually the most difficult because people understand a lot of times it's leverage. It's way easier to bend a steel bar than it is to bend something small. A lot of my training involves bending nails, like 60 penny spikes, but it's pretty boring. Nobody wants to get on stage and say, ooh, you bent a nail. Um, so sometimes the things that look the hardest are actually easier. But, yeah, breaking the drill bit, keeping working it is endurance for sure. Kind of true of life. Things that, things that look the hardest aren't always the hardest. Absolutely. So what goes into training for this? Like, what's your regimen of training and well, we do a lot of crazy stuff because some of the things I do in the outdoor shows, like I've held back uh, Harley-Davidson motorcycles from my arms or truck pulling, some of the things that are lifting cars, some of the things we can't do on stage is pretty unorthodox. I use a lot of kettlebells. Some of you saw before the show started, I was using a giant club. Um, I have clubs that weigh up to like 45 pounds. I use maces, a lot of squats, a lot of deadlifting, but a lot of odd stuff too. Uh, using Bulgarian bags and just really strange training because again you have to be able to move in all these different aspects of it so a lot of isometrics which is a new thing which is pushing against something that that can't be moved um, if I were to ask you guys what's the heaviest weight that you can lift it's the one that you can't so isometrics would be like you going and pushing like against a tree it's not going to move but it takes all of your strength 
So I do a lot of things like that too. Um, so what made you decide to become like the strong man motivational speaker? This is a fantastic question uh, because I always loved the physicality of strength, but I actually went to college on a music scholarship. So I'm actually a musician at heart, but I always was strong, played athletics my whole life. But when I went to a Christian school, they didn't have a football program there. And I wanted to be passionate still about doing strongman stuff. So one night I took our youth group to see a strongman group and I saw a group of guys breaking bricks. And I went home and told my wife, I said, I can do that. And we set up bricks. I didn't know what I was doing. I broke them with both elbows. The bricks broke, but I ended up in the hospital. It was just really through the mentorship. I had an individual that was one of the strongest men in the entire world. He's got many, many world records, trains. Uh, he's one that took me to train NFL teams and Olympic wrestlers. And he actually took me under his wing and mentored me. And he was a believer. And one of the things he said, he goes, I believe that God's calling some men into this ministry. And so we met up, we pulled trucks together. But that's how I got started. Okay. Being crazy. Just saying, hey, you got to be all in, right? Don't try it. Don't try it. I'm just saying. <laughs> but that's that's how I am. My wife and my family tell you I'm just kind of all in. Like, let's try it. What's the worst that can happen? Okay, I have two questions. How do you figure out you can do all of that stuff? You just have an idea and like, hey, let's go for it. Okay, so you have to just try. One of the things is about the bed of nails. This is a great story. When I first started out, I would lay under this bed of nails, and we'd have somebody come and sit on it, and we'd you know do all different types of things. And this gentleman who mentored me, he's like, you know, it'd be really crazy. And I'm like, what? So it'd be really crazy if Amy jump roped on top of you. I said, how do we know it'll work? He's like, we don't. Let's just try it. You know, and I survived it, and it became a staple of our our shows. We've done it, you know, hundreds of times. Um, which is very dangerous, but one of the things we want to do tonight was to get everybody engaged. It's more fun to let you guys walk across, but most of the time you just got to step out and try it. You won't know until you do. I can tell you this, when you're breaking bricks or something, if you go halfway, it doesn't work. I've had many times where the bricks weren't set up right, or they were off center, or something happened, and when I came down, because my focus was off, you know, all that energy goes right back into you, so you don't know unless you try. The second question was, I'm an athlete, and you're an athlete, so, like, how can I put Jesus in? Because, like, you did it really well. You had, like, things that you demonstrated and then talked how Jesus does that same thing. So, like, how can I do that as an athlete? Amazing. I love that question because I'm super passionate about that. I used to coach football and different things like that. We always tell people, whatever you do, the Bible says we're doing it for the glory of God. And so whether you're running or whether you're laying somebody out on the football field Whatever it may be, you want people to not look at you, but to see God through you. And to share that testimony, you know, I, I think that God loves athletics. I think sometimes we, we don't understand that when we're giving our best, that's God moving through us. There was a great movie a long time ago called Chariots of Fire, and it was about an Olympic runner who ran for Jesus. And when run, it was, it was, I won't get into all the details, but one of the things he says is, I can feel God when I'm running. And so what I would do is just kind of engage, you know, God, boy, you're doing these things and point people. They might ask you, you know, why are you doing this? Well, I'm doing it because I love athletics, but I also love Jesus and I want to do my very best. That's why what's really cool about you guys, I don't know what the individual sports you play. When people see that you don't take plays off, when they say, see you don't mail it in, when you don't go halfway, they're like, Hey, how come you never loaf it in sprints? How come you never take a playoff and say, well, because I do it for Jesus. I'm not doing it for me. You don't have to preach a message. Sometimes it's just that little sentence to do. Makes sense.
So the week after this, or like this upcoming week, how sore are you for, or how long does this last? It really depends on the show. Um, if we're doing like motorcycles, yeah. my biceps hurt for a long time. But tomorrow I will have a big headache because of my neck. Um, we've had sometimes some things go wrong. We didn't have any really bad injuries tonight. Like one time I got my arm literally lit on fire. I had to go to the hospital later the next day and get silver put in my things and get treated for burns. Um, we haven't really had any big cuts or anything tonight, but it's mostly, if I can explain this to you, so that, that board alone weighs 132 pounds. So if we had over 100 kids walk on it tonight. 125. So my chest will be really sore because if you can just imagine it's the weight you can't breathe after a while. Mm-hmm. So my chest will be sore. My, I'll have a headache. But other than that, I'll feel great. You had a few 300-pounders uh, walking over you tonight. It's is, awesome. Is, is there a big notice? Like No. You don't notice a big you're, notice? You're just dialed in. <laughs> like okay. you, just, you don't try and think about anything that's going on. You're just bracing for impact, like just constantly tightening for that impact. But it's mostly, it's it, the, the worst part is you can't breathe. So even when nobody's on there, that's a lot of weight just sitting down on you. The F altar's going across here. I was like, oh my gosh. Is there a technique to doing it? Like, is there a breathing? Obviously, you said you couldn't breathe, but is there like a attempt at... Yeah. Uh, for, for the jump rope, when we do the jump rope, there's definitely a breathing technique. Um, what happens is when she's in the air, I have to tighten all my muscles. And then when as soon as I feel her impact, I release and do it again. So you have that impact. The technique for this is more like a kung fu, like an iron shirt um, if you're in the martial arts. Uh, I dabble in the martial arts. I, I call it Bruni Fu or whatever. Maybe John Fu. You know, I don't follow anybody, but I do use some Kung Fu techniques. Um, but it's that iron shirt where you're just tensing every muscle in your body just, you know, so that you're able to handle that impact. It's the same thing that we do for the when they're breaking the bricks on the stomach. That's just tension, high tension, and that's the technique, the breathing technique. Um, so what's your favorite gem- like, What's your favorite demonstration to perform? Breaking bricks and the Harley hold because breaking bricks just there's something about just driving all of your force into bricks. I mean, it's just so fun. You make it look so easy. Well, I mean, it's doing when you do it that yeah. long. I mean, that's what I'm trying to say. We've been doing it. And what's interesting about those bricks because they're scalloped odd. I don't know if you guys know, so I have to break it off center. So that's why if you see me like really go crazy, it's because I have to hit them twice as hard as I would normally because. The way that they're rounded in the back, they're off center, so I had to hit them over to the right. Otherwise, you have to break it in two spots all the way down. But breaking bricks and then the Harleys, once you have these, you know, 800-pound motorcycles hooked up to your arms and they're revving and, like, smoke, and you can look it up online, you can see we did it for ABC. All you can see is smoke after a while. Their tires are fried out, but just being that force from both sides and being there and then it sounds really strange but feeling God's presence as you're being pulled both directions and he is keeping you stable because that's the difference I think in what what I do the things I enjoy the most are the things I feel God in I don't just do it to do it otherwise it'd just be a waste I mean I don't want to be one of these YouTube guys that says hey look at what I'm doing it makes me cool it's I want to do this for a purpose and doing that God's opened up doors like I said we've got to do a lot of different things with athletes because of that so I, I got a question so um, and it's it's kind of two questions wrapped into one so over the last couple of weeks we've interviewed a rapper mm-hmm. uh, we interviewed a world-class magician yeah. uh, we we get to interview musicians all the time mm-hmm. um, speakers this is a really different kind of skill set 
which I think draws people to you. You can say, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty strong. So people are really invested in that. What if you don't think or don't know that you have anything special about you? What if you're just an average kid and you get average grades and you, you're just like, I don't have that special thing to give to Jesus. You know, the thing that draws people in, what would you say to them? The genuineness is what draws people in. I, I think the greatest gift that anybody has is being themselves. And in a world where it is just phony after phony in our, in our social media culture, where people are not who they really are when they're online, somebody who says, this is who I am, this is what I've got. And I believe that God does have something for everybody. So that's what's hard. They may see themselves as average, but I feel like God has a dream for everybody. Um, we're all good at something somewhere. We just have to discover what that is. But I think the greatest gift is just saying, I am who I am. I mean, those are the kind of people I want to hang out with. Um, I've been with around a lot of self-centered people who just want to talk about themselves, and here's what I can do, and here's what... So to that person that's listening and saying, hey, all I have is my heart, that's what really attracts people, is to being a genuine, real person, if that makes any sense. And by the way, I love that all these things tie together. I used to be a magician growing up, so oh, cool. there's a lot of carryover yeah. uh, in what we do. I, I used to do chain escapes. They used to lock me up in a bunch of chains, and now we, we break. But I, I love magic. I love studying Houdini. I used to go to magic camp when I was your age. Yeah, I was one of those cool nerd athlete hybrid people, you know? Cool. I like it all, so it's cool. Um, how would how would you like project like your talent or gift from God, like all, but also including Him in it to other people? Okay, um, you talking about like whether it's like give me an example like music? Or are you talking about sports? Yeah, like through like through my sports. Like I um, I play volleyball, mm-hmm. so I'm like I'm kind of like the quarterback of volleyball. So yep. I'm like the leader on the floor, and I want to project like my leadership, but I want to bring God into it mm-hmm. and into like my practices and have like that connection with him, but I don't know how to incorporate all of that. Okay, so two things right off the bat is one, giving your best effort and realizing it's not about me. It's about me, people seeing beyond me and seeing him. But the second thing, I think that really shows the most Christ-like thing. If you want to draw people to Jesus is your attitude on the court. How you respond to adversity, because that's one of the things I love about athletics. Whether it's hockey, whether it's football, whether it's wrestling, volleyball, softball. Sometime a call's not going to go your way. Somebody's going to miss a spot or a dig, or you set them up for the spike and they miss. And it's how you respond to that adversity that helps people look and see, man, there's just something different about them. They, they're facing the same stuff, but they face it and handle it in a different way. And then always just little things like, you know, saying a quick prayer before. It doesn't have to be, you know, some King James Christianese. I always tell people stay away from Christianese, all right, all these big Christian words. But once in a while before a game, you know, if you're just quiet and some answer, I'm saying, I'm just saying a quick prayer for me and the team. It doesn't have to be a big show thing. It's, it's the little things. But the most of all thing I keep saying, it's being genuine. It's I am who I am. I am who I am all the time. I am who I am on the court the same as I am at Crossroads. You know, that, that's what people are looking for. I don't know if does that help. Yeah. So it's really tough. Uh, we saw something really cool, so I'll just share this with you. Last week there was a playoff football game, and the two teams got together, and they, um, and they prayed at the end of the game together. I don't know if you saw the picture. Incredible picture. And it, 
it got more hits, more views than just about anything else. People want that. Uh, and athletes can be afraid of taking a spiritual leadership role because you're not really supposed to do that. Can they do that? I mean, can they take a spiritual leadership role and just say, hey, I'm gonna pray if you wanna meet me at center court or if you wanna meet me between the nets and offer that to the other team as well. Is that, I mean, can, can you do that? Absolutely. Um, this is one of the things. Coaches, and this is the thing, a lot of you probably have Christian coaches or people who do love Christ. They're very limited in what they can do, but students can do whatever they want. So if it's student-led, this is my understanding, at least in Indiana, if it's student-led, nobody can stop it. So, you know, you, but you have to lead it yourself. You can't say, hey, coach, can we do it? You just lead it. And, and you want to do it in a way that it's not drawing attention to you, but again, drawing attention to Jesus. If you watched, I didn't watch the game, but I saw the protest at the Yale game oh. the other day. They wouldn't leave the field. We're not out to try and draw attention to ourselves. We're out to draw attention to Jesus. So everything we do is remember to do it in a way that glorifies him, and it's not about us getting attention. But yeah, you guys can do whatever you want. There is there is no limits. If you want to say you can't pray, you can pray all you want. It just can't be teacher-led. It can't be coach-led. I think you're seeing more and more like with Kanye West dropping the entire album of like, follow God whatever the I don't remember the title but I think you're seeing more and more and all these people coming out like um, claiming that they love Christ and they're showing their love for Christ so I think like your type of thing is is becoming more and more relevant so I think that's really cool yeah what's awesome is there's tons of you in school if you look at this force in here you could be a major massive influence in your school if you bonded together because what happens is there's a lot of closet Christians. There's a lot of people that do love Christ, but they're kind of like undercover Christians. They're afraid yet to share. And by you taking a stand, just like Kanye with his Jesus is King album, the more you do that, the more it encourages other people to be bold in their faith. They're like, you know what? If he can do it, I can do it too. And as you do that, I mean, you guys could literally be a force for revival not just in your school, but in the entire area. I mean, we're talking changing states. We're talking changing nations. Uh, one of the things I always tell students, you know, if 12 guys could turn the world upside down because they love Jesus, you know, we've got, you know, over 100 kids in there, even in this room. What, what can four people do if they bonded together and said, this is what I'm about. This is what's going down. I'm sold out. Any other questions, guys? Um, I do have one more. So you said you... Uh train NFL teams and Olympic wrestlers how do you like get through like how do you get through to their like with your message how do you get through to them you just it's all attitude I can't really necessarily present the gospel I can only do what, what if they ask me questions uh, for instance it was the battling ropes was the thing my friend invented that system so he's brought me along on all these journeys uh, through him I got to train the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers the Olympic wrestling team, these different groups. And we also get to go to the Arnold. I've worked with a lot of MMA athletes. But again, I just want to drop Jesus' name, not my name. The thing is, it, you have to just be ready to answer and people will look and say, you know, there's something about you. It's like, And the key thing for me is that people ask, is this what you do for a living? I'm like, actually, I'm glad you asked that. I'm actually a pastor. Um, my job is helping to encourage people to come to Christ uh, or to follow Christ with their lives. So that's a good way that you can do it is just wait for people to ask you those questions and have an answer ready, you know, but that, that's the thing is you, you can't just go in and say, all right, everybody sit down. We're going to have chapel. You know, that's not how it happens. We got to wrap up. Um, this has been great. Uh, John's got to go, but thank you. Thank you for tonight. It's been phenomenal. 
Guys, <laughs> any last thing you want to share with the people who are listening? Chance for students to wrap up. Do everything to glorify God. Everything. Could be anything. Go pick a flower, do it for God. Go change somebody's life, do that for God. You don't bleed as much when you pick flowers, too, usually. <laughs> Roses. really true. Hey, thanks, John. Thank you. Crossroads Farm is happy to share coffee joy with you through the delicious Rich Roast Coffee. You can order yours by contacting the CRF office at crossroadsfarm.org. And contact us to learn about our innovative ministry curriculum, The Arms of a Servant Leader, a four-year strategic discipleship training resource. Follow us on Facebook at Crossroads Farm, Crossroads Farm Northwest, and Crossroads Farm RCI, also on Insta and Twitter.